You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. boys are back, baby. Excellent separation against man coverage. This is Reception Perception, the show. Yo, what's cracking, everybody? James Go, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. Matt, how are you doing today uh, as we have finished, officially finished, the regular season? Yeah, man, um... Regular season is over and content season begins, uh, whether it is, you know, reacting to these front office moves, head coaching yeah. moves, oh, uh, yeah. you know, t- kind of teams that are eliminated now begin to look to free agency in the draft. Um, mm-hmm. I even started charting some college film. Uh, no, not, not close. Whoa, to, whoa, to, whoa. okay. Uh, Let's not, go. not, not close to ready to give any uh, <laughs> official takes okay. yet, but uh, getting started on the process a little earlier. Oh, so yeah, it yeah. is. It is. It is definitely content season all the oh, way around. Um, you know, and obviously we got a great. I, I think it's going to be a great slate of of playoff games this year. You know, um, knock on wood, we don't get a bunch of blowouts and disaster classes. But yeah, yeah, you know, a yeah. Lot, th- this is a fun time in the NFL calendar because we get like a little bit of the best of the both both worlds. Like we get all the fun off season stuff, but also there are still real games that matter um that are going on and we don't have to also subject ourselves to like watching some of the dregs of the nfl and and having takes on them we can talk about them in a hypothetical sense which is nice yeah for sure i mean you talk about the playoffs man there are some serious storylines built in here huh how about the lions and the rams facing off it's Goff and stafford facing their former respective teams i'm not sure we've ever seen that right in the nfl playoffs you've got the bills securing the number two seed i mean this team looked like they were I don't want to say they were in the dirt, but golly, man, they were struggling to make the playoffs. And all of a sudden, uh, at the end of the season, they're number two uh, in the playoff seedings there in the AFC. So, yeah, a lot of different storylines. Uh, I mean, we talk about Miami going, uh, going to Kansas City. We got Tyreek Hill in a serious revenge spot. So a lot of great storylines, uh, Matt, we got going on in the playoffs, and I'm really looking forward to it. Yeah, man. Is this a safe space to admit that, like, I kind of didn't want the um, Lions Rams matchup. I know Why I might that? be like I might be like the only person on planet Earth that that didn't want it. <laughs> if I it, um, if it was going to happen, I didn't want it yeah. to happen right away. Um, okay, one because I I like watching both of these teams, and you, you know you get to a point in the playoffs where look you're going to have to start saying goodbye to some some fun teams. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. These are actually two teams I wouldn't mind either seeing them hoist a Lombardi trophy just because I think there would be good storylines throughout. Um, they're fun. They're fun. They're fun to watch. Yeah. There's also yeah. just something, oh, man, I, it's almost like, you know, some people don't like cringe comedy. I actually happen to love cringe comedy. Uh, uh-huh. I, I, you know, like The Office and, and stuff like that. Some people yeah, can't yeah. watch it because they don't like the right. cringe factor. I do enjoy the cringe factor. However, there is something so awkward about, like, the golf part of this, not the Stafford part, because like my instinct on this, and you know, Lions fans, you can correct me if I'm wrong. I I think there's like no bad blood between the Lions and, or Matthew Stafford for that matter. It wasn't like oh the 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 
the Lions gave up on Matthew Stafford and they traded him out. They were they're they're kind of doing him a solid by yeah, they pushing were. him to pushing him to 100%. a contender. So yeah, I don't, I, I think there will probably be like a standing ovation. My guess is when Stafford rolls in there, yeah. it's the other side of it with the Goff and McVay stuff. It's just it's so <laughs> awkward, bro. Like I I don't know, man. It makes me uncomfortable to think about like those two guys going up against each other in a playoff match because like I, shake hands Goff, and stuff. Yeah, golf. Well, golf was just like dumped so hard by oh, McVay, so and oh, absolutely. Like, it, I guess it ended up being a win-win for everybody. Um, but still, it, like, it did it? Did it definitely did? But at the same time, man, there's there's you look, look back on like on previous relationships in your life, and you're like, you know what? They probably were better off for it that we broke up. I'm better off for it that we broke up. I'm happily with somebody right now. You know, was, yeah, yeah, we're all good. But you still don't want to go out to dinner with them, you know. <laughs> 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 you know, you can be happy, can be happy that it all ended up fine, but you don't want to go out to dinner with them. Yeah, but again, but but this isn't dinner. This is going to war, baby. Like this gives yeah. Goff some serious motivation, man. Like fire up the cannons, baby. Let's go. You know, but what if I he think- loses, man? What that's the thing that I'm like. What if okay. what if Jared Goff loses this game, and then it's just oh. like. He's gonna be. He's gonna feel like crap for about a day. Yeah. He'll be fine. I mean, I know. you know. <laughs> I feel bad. I already feel bad. It hasn't I, I happened. I know. I know. I know. I, I love that. <laughs> I love that you're looking out for the emotional well-being of Jared Goff right now, which is so great. Um, I love it. Um, by the way, so uh, we're recording here on a Monday, and like, I mean, minutes, seconds after the Atlanta Falcons got eliminated okay they release a statement saying they've let go of arthur smith that's incredible you know that's a great they didn't even let the body like cool down man it's still warm uh yeah arthur smith's gone i mean we all knew it was gonna happen you know what i'm saying but but the but the the quickness in the you know what i mean like it just was like man okay season's over arthur smith fired he's gone all right cool um but the sad thing about it maybe it's not so sad but you know, I'm not the kind of person to dance on somebody's grave here, okay? But I'm just saying, like, I mean, the entire football world, literally, Matt, was happy that Arthur Smith got fired. I mean, I, I didn't see a single, you know, um, reserved response, like, oh, you know, he'll be back on his feet or what? No, it was just everyone was just celebrating the fact that Arthur Smith is no longer a head coach in the NFL. <laughs> Yeah, and, and look, I'm definitely not here to to dance on Arthur Smith's grave. Um, you know, look, we although I, I would say of, of all of the coaches, because you know, typically it's it's hard to fall out of this business. Like you get your, um, <laughs> he'll be, you know, fine. You, he'll be fine. Like I'm, he'll he actually, fine. by the way, could just end up, he could end up being a head coach again someday. All these guys end up like yeah, falling, you sure. know, ass backwards into more work, even if they, you know, lose the one job that everybody wants, which is the big right. chair, right? The the the, the head coaching job. This is a guy that is going to be fine. fine. Honestly, I still am like Arthur Smith. Why do you want to be a football coach, bro? Like your dad is, you know, the your son of a billionaire. Yeah, he, you're, you're go, good. Go to Cancun just forever. Out, you know, everybody's yeah, exactly. all talking about like, yeah, let's. We're thinking about Cancun, right? That's the punchline. Even the one of the Titans defenders, I think it was Sean Murphy Bunny's like, yeah, Jags. They're gonna. I'll see him in Cancun, baby. Like they were excited <laughs> to knock him out. That's the that's the punchline right now. Right. But I mean, shoot, Arthur Smith just go to Cancun forever. I mean, just be right. on vacation forever. What's the point? Uh, just but buy a big chunk of Cancun. Actually, you know, you shoot, fine. yeah, buy Cancun. I don't know. We'll do whatever you want. <laughs> all that being said, right? You know, I, I don't think you know he's not not made himself the most sympathetic figure in the world no um and, and yeah the fact that the statement comes out or, or at least tom pelissero from the nfl network broke the news at 1201 uh eastern monday right. morning you know Damn. i mean a Damn. minute after midnight <laughs> I, I think th- and, and you know uh, look i i don't we could do the whole arthur smith postmortem thing i will maintain that this is a good offensive coach. Like I know the way things went down in Atlanta were bad. I don't think he was ready for the the responsibilities of a head coach. But I do think you know the 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 nuts and bolts of his offense. Like I think he's in line with the league's meta right now, where you want to be from a hey, we want to be a physical run team. We want to you know establish the run game. If you're going to line up in too high, who cares? We can run the we can run the crap out of the ball. Uh, we want to put guys. Uh, we want to put defenders in conflict from a passing game standpoint. We want route combinations to open up other guys. We, you know, all that stuff that all the smart offenses in the league are doing right now. Like mm-hmm. Arthur Smith does do that stuff, and at time, especially in 2022, with you know damn Marcus Mariota quarterback, 
they were doing a lot of that stuff and they were doing it very successfully. I think he just lost the plot, you know, and, and we, I, I definitely come back to the lack of meat yeah. and potatoes and the, sure. and the artichoke foam analogy that you have made on this podcast and that, but yeah. that's the disappointing part of this man is that like nobody's offense had a better steak and just roasted potatoes than like the Falcons offense when he got in there to start the, to start the thing with the, with the way they were on the ball last year, certainly in Tennessee. I mean, they were all meat and potatoes, no artichoke foam, none of that stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think eventually he just lost the plot uh, of the way things were going there. And I think the, the Falcons had seen enough from that standpoint where they're like, look, the fact that they're keeping the GM and they're keeping basically everybody else. I'd actually be really curious to see, if they end up keeping uh, the next head coach, we could talk about who they might go after, but like the next head coach, they end up keeping Ryan Nielsen, the defensive coordinator. It's, it's, mm-hmm. I think the defense played pretty well this year. I think Nielsen. Oh, so good this year. I mean, they played way above their talent level. I, I think most people thought that their talent level, they were going to be one of the bottom feeders in terms of def- defense this year. And quite frankly, not only were they an above average defensive unit, Matt, they were just straight up good. <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think they'd be very smart to keep their D coordinator. Yeah. So I think that's the thing is just the entire building felt like a, you know what? We just need a break from the Arthur Smith experience, which was just, I think he ultimately made things too difficult when they didn't need yeah. to be that difficult. I mean, to your point, um, obviously he's able to get the best out of guys, right? Like Johnu Smith was on the 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 throwaway heap, man. Like you know what I mean? Like, and he resurrected his career a little bit here, right? Um, uh, much to the chagrin of all the Kyle Pitts fantasy bros, right? So, yeah. <clears throat> and and then and then even before Bijan got there, you think about um, an aging Cordero Patterson. I mean, who mm-hmm. is Cordero Patterson? Was one foot out the door. Uh, gets with Atlanta, gets with Arthur Smith, and resurrects his career um, as a running back, yeah. <laughs> of all things. But I think that's the, that's the part that I think Arthur Smith enjoys. I think he really likes the reclamation projects. I think he likes to kind of you know design up uh, interesting plays for these guys that don't normally get that right. Um, and I I don't know if he gets bored with the meat and potatoes or if he just completely ignores it or whatever it is. But I, I think we've, we've hit that um, pretty hard on this podcast that, you know, again, he needs to go back to some of the staples and some of the basics of a good offense uh, of which you have highlighted uh, is pretty good, you know, if, if he just gets back to it, you know. So, um, yeah. and, and again, ain't nobody crying a tear. Shed, no, not one tear is shed for Arthur Smith because, you know, look, I, I mean, at the end of the day, the guy's still going to get paid, you know, like his coaching contract fully guaranteed, all good. Man, he's going to be chilling out. And then when that contract money comes up, it's all good. Son of a billionaire. You know, we're, we're mm-hmm. good. We're good, Arthur Smith. We are good. So, but yeah, that's where we're at. He could also be an OC somewhere next year. And I think that would be like a yeah. very viable hire. You know, like if a. How some, about if Mike Vrabel, how about if Tennessee lets go of Mike Vrabel and, and, and Mike goes to a different team and then Mike then hires Arthur Smith? I mean, it's, it's that right. simple. I mean, but. Can we talk about this Vrabel thing for a second? Like, why would the Titans want to get rid of Mike Vrabel? Maybe they're tired. I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say it feels like it's run its course because I don't think that's the case, but he has been there a long time. They haven't been good in in a couple of years now. I don't know. I don't know. I'm confused by the whole Mike Vrabel thing. Now, obviously, I don't know the inner workings of the Titans building and the politics and you yeah, know maybe right, there right, maybe right. there is a different vision between what Rand Carthon the new GM this was his first year on the job and you know ownership and all that. maybe there's a different vision between what that this group of folks wants and what Mike Vrabel wants we know what Mike Vrabel wants to do he wants to compete right he doesn't want to like tear things down and lose nope. games and I think they have sort of tried to straddle that line for two years so maybe this is where they're just like you know what we need to really just reset things. We need to yeah. kind of say goodbye to. They're clearly, I mean, dude, they gave Derrick Henry a mic after the game to address the stadium. Like, you ever seen? I've never seen that. I've, I know, I, I've never seen that I, because he's it's not. Just, it's not. He's not retiring. He's not retiring. Right. You know, he's not. He's not retiring. He's he's his contract the is team. up. <laughs> right, but but that's the thing. Like his contract <laughs> oh, is up, but there's not even like. 
I mean, I guess this is just the state of where running backs are right now that they're not even like, there's no pretense of like, all right, maybe Derrick Henry can come back and play in Tennessee next year. They're just like, nah, Derrick, here's a mic. Say goodbye to everybody. And he's like, yeah, this is, that makes sense. So maybe that all bleeds into the Mike Vrabel stuff. But yeah, I mean, he has been there for a good bit of time. I, I would just say like, Yesterday, and and this might be a little bit. I mean, he's only been there since 2018. It's not that long. It's six years on the job. It's not as if he's been there forever. But yes, yeah, my my guess is maybe he wants out a little bit, and they want out a little bit. Or again, there's just a disagreement on the how to approach the future of the team. But my personal sure. opinion is that there are not 32 men, you know, more more suited to be an NFL head coach than Mike Vrabel. So I'd be there. I just, don't think there's I don't think there's 10 guys. I mean, same. come on, he's this he's a top 10 coach in the NFL. Period. Hands down, Same. and and the, we, we, you could start getting into into arguments about whether he's top five. I mean, really, I mean, you take a look at some of the, these teams that he has just dragged uh, into, you know, uh, positive win seasons. It's it's incredible, you know. Same. I mean, yeah. and, and all the injuries that he's dealt with on the defensive side of the football, and they're still competitive defensively. I mean, listen, you could absolutely pick them apart in the secondary, but. Um, I, you know, up front, uh, that front seven has always been really, really solid for the Tennessee Titans, no matter who they've got there. And I think Vrabes has done just a fantastic job uh, of just keeping his team competitive, where I think a lot of other teams would have completely fell apart. And, and dude, he's done such a good job, I think, of keeping that locker room attack, too. Yeah, just last two years, 6-11 and 11 this year, 7-10 and 10 this year. But before that, 12-5, and 11-5, and 9-7, and 9-7. and 7. Like, this had been a quality program that had really reached sort of its apex, and then I think... <laughs> you know, he made it pretty clear like he was not the one that supported the A.J. Brown trade. I mean, didn't he say something Ooh, about like, yeah. I mean, he, yeah, you know, that was yeah. the whole thing. So I don't know, man. It just something seems odd about that. But I'm with you. Yeah, if like Arthur Smith is no longer the head coach of the Falcons. And then, you know, uh, he could he could team up with Vrabel if they go to New England or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bill Ooh, that'd the whole be thing. spicy. So, so I'm with you. But just back back on the Falcons here for a second. I the the best way to show exactly what you're saying is that like not only did he kind of again lose the plot of the whole thing but like yeah. you said he's a get back to fundamentals. I mean the whole thing with the Falcons was they were supposed to be a great running team and they're a bottom 5 running team according to a, a lot of metrics. I mean, you look at success rate, they're 28th, EPA per rush, they're 28th. Like, th- this is a bad running team, which is not the way this team was supposed to go, which I think is the perfect kind of encapsulation that, you know, this, this like, the, the fundamentals went to rot there while they were while there was focus on other areas um, and sort of, I think, maybe to This Arthur Smith is a guy that you, like, if you ever found out he had a burner account, you wouldn't be surprised because he's, like, way too focused <laughs> on the fantasy stuff and way too focused yeah, on, like, totally. the toxic group thing, thing with Desmond totally. Ritter. So. Hopefully, hopefully oh this God. is a moment where he can unplug and just get back to calling good offenses because I think there's actually like a pretty good chance he can reclaim <clears throat> his career and be not just a good offensive um, play caller, but maybe even a good head coach again someday. Um, I'm not personally ruling that out. You know what would have helped his uh, running game? Uh, maybe handing the ball off to his top ten, top ten pick of a running yeah. back, an explosive player, and Bijan Robinson. Bijan Robinson had two hundred and fourteen carries. That sounds like pretty good, you know, overall. But again, he had fewer carries than Devin Singletary. He had fewer carries than Javante Williams, who was in a three-man backfield. Kenneth Walker, who missed time with injury and, and was in a backfield split with Zach Charbonnet. Uh, he had fewer carries than. Uh, Kyron Williams, who was on IR, dude. Like, what? <laughs> Come on, bro. What are you talking about out here? It's crazy. Bijan Robinson absolutely should have seen about 250 carries this year, and he got 214. Um, yeah. That certainly, I think, would have helped uh, bolster the run game just a little bit, I think. Uh, would Probably would have helped Atlanta quite a bit there. All right, so Arthur Smith gets fired. So does right, let me Rivera. let me stick one one yeah, point just on the on the Falcons. I think this is a very attractive job. Um I think Hunt, the next job oh we're going to talk yes. about is attractive, but it actually strikes me pretty similar. I wrote this in my column for Yahoo. It, stri- it strikes me yeah. pretty similar to the Colts from last year. Um, except they they didn't even circle the drain quite as bad as the uh, 2022 Colts did. I mean, the Falcons are picking eighth in the draft. The Colts were picking uh, top five in the draft. So yeah. there's actually a little bit of gap there, but even if you think back to what we just talked about with um, 
the defensive coordinator stuff. Like Shane Steichen gets hired with the Indianapolis Colts, and he takes a look at this whole thing and says, "All right, I'm going to keep Gus Bradley as the, the defensive coordinator because I'm going to be focused on my side of the ball." And like you're here, you've already got a good thing going. I'm not going to really touch that. That's that's going to be your your thing here. And obviously, it oversees the whole team. Whatever. I'm sure he has his. He's sure, he's got his thoughts on defense and defensive players and all that. Yeah. Stuff. I'm not saying mean to say he does nothing, but I just think like it's nice when you're an upstart offensive coordinator and you're getting hired because of your offensive mm-hmm. system to just go ahead and off like load that to somebody else the potential for that is here in atlanta and like there was talent to be mined in indianapolis last year whether it was jonathan taylor whether it was michael Pittman, but those guys had just been kind of stuck in this stagnant boring um expired version of frank reich's offense and i think all of these guys obviously to like an even greater degree have been kind of pushed up on on like a ceiling here tap like untapped potential in the Arthur Smith offense, whether it's Drake London or Bijan Robinson or Kyle Pitts even. Like there's so much here that if the Falcons are a upstart little playoff team next year, you know, I wouldn't be surprised by that at all. This is a, I think a very attractive job to any like especially young offensive minded uh head coach. Yeah, when you have a, a a cornerstone running back, a cornerstone wide receiver, now they're gonna pick top eight, so I don't imagine Looking at the list here, I don't imagine that they will find themselves a quarterback um, there at the eight spot, but they might. I mean, I don't think they will, but they might. Um, and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, maybe it's a, a little bit of a bridge year. You know, what, what's up with Jake Browning? I'd like to see Jake Browning on this offense. You know, let's let's get him involved here. Uh, if you're looking for a little bit of a bridge quarterback, right? That'd be interesting. Uh, but yeah, they picked top 10 again, uh, and I agree with you. I think it's a completely super attractive job. Now, they're picking eight. Picking number two would be the Washington Commanders. That's where Ron Rivera just got fired uh, earlier this morning as we record here on a Monday. Um, again, so kind of just break that one down. H- how attractive is this job here in Washington? Oh, I think this is another super attractive job. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. One, because they they got the number two overall pick. Okay? Yeah. So that that's great. That's kind of like, it's not, that's, that's part of the whole thing. Like in this draft class, allegedly, and I get it, right? Like I said on Twitter yesterday, playoffs, that's cute, but let's not ignore the fact that the biggest development from this day is that Terry McLaurin's going to get himself a quarterback uh, in 2024. <laughs> and, and I get it. Yeah. yeah. Somebody pointed out, hey, Zach Wilson was drafted number two overall not long ago. I'm like, hey, hey we're, we're talking optimism right now, right? We're, yeah. we're, we're yeah. staying, yeah. Come staying on. optimistic. There's a viable <laughs> path. We're not going to have to do the, hey, yeah. maybe Carson Wentz and Terry McLaurin or maybe Sam Houghton. We don't have to do any of that, okay? We're going to probably get ourselves like a Drake May or Caleb Williams. And again, Apparently, these are great quarterback prospects, and everybody that, that evaluates quarterbacks love them. I haven't love heard like anybody have them. a negative thing to say other than you know about Caleb Williams crying to his mom or whatever nonsense stuff like yeah, that, or right, you know, painting right, right. his nails. <laughs> everybody says good things about these quarterbacks, right? This yep. is supposed to be a very good quarterback class. I get it. There's no sure thing, and quarterback prospects can certainly be failed, even really great ones when they get to the NFL. But I think that this 
spot in Washington here is set up to whoever comes in here is set up to really thrive because you've got a new owner who is going to be uh, aggressive and willing to make this work. Right. Um, and, and I, and also has experience owning and running sports teams. Like I think David Tepper's big problem down in Carolina is that like running a sports franchise is not the same as, you know, um, hedge fund <laughs> right. stuff or yeah, whatever. Hedge fund so stuff. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's right. got experience doing that. Josh Harris does. They're already bringing in, um, you know, former Warriors GM Bob Myers, former yeah. Minnesota Vikings GM Rick Spielman to assist with the 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 search here to build up ahead of football operations. Like this is a totally blank slate, man. You know? You're right. Although the Bob Myers thing get definitely gave me pause. Like I'm like, oh man, they're not doing this, are they? They're really doing the Bob Myers thing, guys. Like I, mean, I don't know, I don't know Bob Myers from you know Bill Smith down the street. I don't know anything about that. So it's just the, it's just the fact. Well, look from a basketball perspective, it's not as if this is the guy that you know drafted Steph Curry or drafted Clay Thompson. Okay, like this isn't that guy. You know, so you know, and, and again from from that point on. It's like, you know, in, especially in NBA, man, like you got superstars, you're good. Like, I don't know, the front office doesn't need to do that much. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just, I'm a, I don't know, like maybe I'm a little hesitant. Like I know he's been around championship culture. That's cool. You know, that's cool. I, I get it, you know, but like how much experience does he bring? I, I it, like realistic experience does he bring to this, to the table here in Washington? I don't know. Seems a little, seems like it just to me, Seemed a little odd. That's all. Yeah. And I think it's because Harris and him have some, you know, they they, they have a past together, and you know, you got to get your buddy a job or whatever consulting. You're probably work, that's so all, all it is. Could <laughs> get him on the consulting uh, you know, pipeline. Yeah. Exactly. When are we going to get on the consulting pipeline? James? I don't know. I mean, We're overdue, bro. We're overdue. Yeah. <laughs> come on, man. You know, come on. No, but uh, no, but it, listen. For, I think from an offensive standpoint. No, but Terry McLaurin, you got Jahan Dotson right there. Um, I don't know what running backs are going to be in the room, but let's say it's Antonio Gibson or Brian Robinson. That that it's a pretty good start uh, mm-hmm. that you've got going on there. I think their offensive line needs needs work, um, but it's not definitely. It's, I don't I don't think it's I don't think it's completely bare bones, right? It's not the worst offensive line in football. I I think the part of the job or part of that destination that makes me a little hesitant is man. Their defense is so far away from being yeah. even respectable, you know. So um, I, th- I, I would think that regardless, they're going to take quarterback there too. Um, but it's still going to be a long way from them being, you know, a, a good football team. Although, if they get a transformative guy like Stroud, yeah, remember the t- the Texas defense wasn't good last year. You know what right. I mean? And all of a sudden, you bring in D'Amico Ryans. He elevates their game. And then again, that synergy between offense and defense, where if your offense isn't one of the worst offenses in the league, it helps your defense be a little bit better as well, right? So I think there's some of that to it uh, too. But uh, I, I do think that Washington's a little bit further away um, than Atlanta from competing. I'm, I'm with you. I think it's an attractive job. I don't think that, like, if I had to bet right now, even though I think Washington has, and this can make you look so stupid, because you're right, if you get a guy like Stroud, who is truly transformative, you know, yeah. we throw around that word probably too often, but, like, C.J. Stroud and D'Amico Ryans perfectly fit the bill of transformative figures in the NFL. For um, sure. Like, you get a guy like that in the building and everything can change so quickly. And I think that would even be true if like Drake may is that type of quarterback, you get him at number two overall. He, maybe he has that transformative effect. They've got a more viable path to a guy like that than Atlanta does. But I just think if I had to bet right now, I'd think Atlanta is a little closer to being a playoff team in 2024 than the Washington commanders are for sure. But I just think it's still an attractive job. If you've got a, if your owner is going to be, you know, patient and all that, because like you mentioned, Terry McLaurin and like, they still have Jonathan Allen on the team. We'll see, you know, Deron Payne is there. Uh, Mm -hmm. Like they have Mm -hmm. veterans who were actively, you know, for as much like we talked about Terry McLaurin last week, for as much as Terry McLaurin shows frustration, kind of with like all shucks, sort of like man, I wish I could play for a culture like that in <laughs> yeah. in, uh, in 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 San Francisco. Meanwhile, the the boys on the defensive line were a little bit more. Um, I was outspoken with some of their frustrations. <laughs> yes, <Yeah>, slightly. <laughs> You've got <laughs> veterans on this team that are ready and willing to buy into like a culture change. So I think that that part That's of it. True. Um, could be good. And and look, yeah. I think everybody will just, 
Ron Rivera is a really good coach, and I've got a lot of respect for Ron as a as a person, mm-hmm. as a man, and yep, and again, yep, yep. just what he what he's done as a coach. But there's just like Carolina ran into it, Washington ran into it. There's a capped ceiling with who Rivera is as your head coach, and I think, I mean, there are probably not many people who leaned into the friends and family program harder than Ron Rivera <laughs> did uh, during his time in Washington. I mean, anybody he had uh-huh. like any sort of familiarity with with the Panthers like oh sure you've got a job and the Jack Del Rio thing I mean he hung on to Jack Del Rio for like two years oh, too long so yeah um I think Washington is with those veterans in place who can if if he if a new head coach can get buy-in um I think that would be great it just you bring up the Houston example man I mean Houston can't say enough good things about just they really nailed it from a from a head coach quarterback perspective because the you're right. They get a guy in D'Amico Ryan's to help transform the defense, which would be great for Washington. But they also nailed the OC hire. Now, of course, you got to Bobby Sloak's not perfect. They run the ball in first and ten way too much. Um, they they got to probably be a little more diverse with that. But that's the that's the gold mine when you can get a good OC. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bobby, by the way, Bobby Sloak maybe ends up being a head coach of Washington Commanders. That's possible. But if you can get a good OC and a good defensive minded head coach, that's great for that. Like one-year instant jolt turnaround. But I do think if I'm Washington, I'm probably trying to go offense because I think that side of the ball is a little closer to being something uh, than yeah. the defense is. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, I, both of these p- spots, there's going to be speculation um, uh, regarding Bill Belichick. Bill Belichick certainly didn't close the door, I don't think, on him either getting fired. He did close the door, I think, on getting traded, it sounded like. Um, yeah. But whether he retires or gets fired... I don't know. Ryan's been on the wall for a, 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 a minute now there in New England. It feels as if his tenure there in New England is done, uh, done and over with. And to be honest with you, we joke around about Arthur Smith and the Nepo baby stuff, but it's like, I don't know. I, I feel like we could point to the downfall of Bill Belichick as soon as, he, as soon as he started going down that Nepo route. You know, like once you start bringing your sons in, like what, have, what, is it, what have his sons done? You know, and the, the brain drain at the coordinator spot – it for a long time it didn't matter and then it started to matter right mm. so i i think I, I i just feel like the the brain drain there in new england finally caught up to bill um obviously bill the gm has done no favors for bill the coach um and and if new england wanted to run it back i could definitely see them at least saying all right we got to bring in a new gm at least uh and let's figure this thing out and then hey let's let's kind of sort of uh, jettison some of the Nepo stuff and bring in some new blood. I don't know. I, whether Bill would be open to that, I, I'm not sure. But it certainly doesn't sound like Bill, I think, is done with coaching. No. I mean, I think he'll be coaching football in 2024. Like, whether it's with the Patriots or elsewhere, I think he's going to be a head coach in 2024. I, I, I think right now they're trying to figure out how to split. I think the decision has probably been made that they should split. Mm. Um, you know, they're, they're the third overall pick right now. So it's not like they have, um, I mean, the thing is if if Jaden Daniels is as good as people seem to think he is, he'll go third overall. Like, I know right now I'm, I'm getting, you know, people say, Oh, Marvin Harrison's going to go second. Well, he's not going to go second. He's not going to go third. If Jaden Daniels is a quarterback worth it. Like we saw this with Anthony Richardson last year. Like we just did this where it's like, is he a mid first round pick? No, if he's, if he's a guy, he's going top five. Okay. So the Patriots (laughs) will just take him. That will be that. But I, I think with Belichick, I'm with you that the brain drain is, is a perfect way to say it. Like they, you know, and I, it's crazy this hasn't caught up with the 49ers yet because that staff gets plucked clean every year. Um, At some point you know, it will. Yeah, you're right. I mean, shoot, is I mean, damn Brian Greasy going to be an offensive coordinator somewhere? He's going to be a head coach? I mean, who knows? Like, that staff gets plucked clean every year. The front office gets plucked clean every year. Right. That was happening to the Patriots at an alarming rate. And, and I think Bill's biggest flaw is that he never really – got out of the family, right? Like not, I mean, his literal family, he's got two sons on the staff, but right. you know, he just never worked with people that were of a different mindset or of a different kind of philosophy. Like I think the Patriot way thing was, is, is, is mostly just nonsense anyways, but I think it did get into his head a little bit that like, we got to get people who understand how to do things. And that's one thing when you just 
you're just revolving around Tom Brady and everything revolves around Tom Brady. But when you need to d- develop a new quarterback, you need to, you add all these free agents and you need to onboard them onto a system. It'd be yeah. great if you had like real teachers there sure. uh, to do it. And I don't think that they did. Offensively, it's been a struggle, obviously, since Tom Brady um, left the New England Patriots. I think defensively, still been super. Bill Belichick's got to be one of the best defensive coaches of all time, man. You know, like he just takes these guys that just people don't think very highly of, and he's able to obviously turn them into something. You know, Uh, he lost Christian Gonzalez pretty early on, but. Uh, he had the makings, I think, of being a pretty special player, too. Let's hopefully he can get back from that injury and, and again, continue on that path. Um, but, yeah, they need new voices in the offensive system. And, man, more than anything, I talk about Bill, the GM. Bill, the GM on the offensive side of the football has to go. Oh, my God. Absolutely zero, zero talent evaluation ability when we're talking about especially at the wide receiver position it's been so bad it's shocking how bad bill belichick has been at evaluating wide receiver i mean don't talk about the consulting fee bill i mean come on come on come on bring it bring in our guy matt bring in our guy matt he'll help you out you know yeah. he'll help you out come on uh, you know give me give me three hundred thousand dollars a year and i'll be like easy don't take Tyquan Thornton in the second round. <laughs> Done. That's Done. consulting, baby. You come in Boom. there and say you say the most Boom. obvious stuff, and then you bounce. All right. And then it's That's- like, uh, hey, listen, um, don't give Juju Smith Schuster with one knee the same contract we could have just gave Jacoby Myers. Don't don't do that. Okay. I mean, sh- sh- shoot, man, he could have could have done that for twenty nine ninety nine a year. <laughs> Sign up for a Prime subscription on receptionperception.com. I could have. I mean, you could have. That wouldn't have cost you. I I mean, I will take the three hundred thousand dollar a year consulting fee bill. Absolutely. I mean, mean, hit hit me up. Call me. I I don't have an agent. Nothing. None. You call me directly. You hit the email on the website. You should get in my DMs, Bill. I'm I'm available for the three hundred thousand dollar a year. But at the same time, at the same time, man, skip all that. Go to receptionperception.com and sign, sign up for up a Prime for subscription. Yeah. And you could have been like, sort by success rate versus man coverage. Oh, yeah, I better not do this. <laughs> Save you the consulting fee. $29.99. It's as simple as that, Bill. It's as simple as that. $29.99, baby. Let's make it happen. Oh, my God. Unbelievable. No, but I mean, really, though, it's, it is shocking how bad he has been at wide receiver. Um, evaluation, and I think you could also make the case at how bad it was uh, in regards to, to to the quarterback room too. You know, I think everybody was shocked by how high Mac Jones ended up going in the draft, and then not, so then he turns him into something, right? Mac Jones ends up being something. There's a little something there his rookie season, and then it just all falls apart, right? So um, I don't know. Um, something needs to happen there in New England, and. To me, Matt, I think the funny thing is I don't think the answer is getting rid of Bill Belichick because whoever you bring in, okay, I take that back, unless it's Mike Vrabel, unless it's Mike Vrabel, getting rid of Bill Belichick only, I think, furthers how far along you need to go before you start coming back. You know what I mean? It pushes your timeline back because at the end of the day, you, you cannot take away the fact that Bill Belichick is an absolute mastermind in terms of crafting a good defense. You know, and that's keeping them in ball games. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I honestly, I think what would be cool, and he's not going to do this because you know he's Bill Belichick and he's the greatest coach of all time, and he'll. Be, he, I know, I'm sure David Tepper is ready to give him more money than God, right? Like, yeah, know, oh yeah, oh yeah, that. yeah, yeah, absolutely. So, Somebody will pay him, and, and he, you know, pride-wise, he wants like the head coaching record and all that stuff. But honestly, it would be awesome if Bill Belichick was just like a crazy like a Vic Fangio mercenary defensive coordinator right like just going to <laughs> oh, going to these man. like teams with great offenses and I'm getting paid 30 million a year to be you know the defensive DC. coordinator for oh, the Miami Dolphins not the Dolphins because they got Vic already but like that that type of mold I think that would actually be a great little end of maybe maybe after he gets a head coaching record and you know he can he can do that type of stuff but yeah I don't know man I I, I do think that you're 
not likely to upgrade from a head coaching perspective. But no. I mean, if we're talking about like the the Titans after six years, are maybe thinking about a breath of fresh air with you know a new perspective from. Yeah. Mike Vrabel, or I mean, obviously, the, obviously the Falcons were like, yeah, that'll be enough of the Arthur Smith era. We need a breath of fresh air from that. Um, I, I think that after all this time with Bill Belichick, and especially the way the last two years have gone, I think it's just, even if you know, like you're not gonna, you're not hiring the next great coach, most likely the next best coach in the sport. You're yeah. probably not gonna one up what Bill Belichick just accomplished with you. Like it does come time for a little bit of like that new perspective and and even just new perspective on team building and the way you hire sure. people and the way the building runs and all that stuff. I, it does just feel like it is time for me um, that to to go somewhere else. So b- by the way, this is this is not for I don't know this this means absolutely nothing, Matt, but. <clears throat> I cannot see because the the Raiders job is open, the Chargers job is open. I just can't see Bill Belichick. My mind cannot see Bill Belichick in like a warm weather scenario. I don't know why yeah. like him in that hoodie with the snow coming down, bad weather. It's like that's Bill Belichick, baby. Like you can't have hoodie Bill in in LA like you can't have hoodie bill in Atlanta I, I mean I don't know I just I, I just can't see it I feel like Bill <laughs> it sounds so stupid but I just feel like Bill needs to go to one of these bad weather cities man and, and be a head coach there you know what I mean I'm with you uh I think the hoodie would be <laughs> I mean once you get out in California you get I know this is a fact you get soft fast right uh yeah you know, oh and, yeah and it's like oh shoot it's 65 degrees I better put a hoodie on you know or <laughs> some, some of these people out there wearing parkas at the beach at 65 right. degrees. That's right. Uh, That's so, right. I mean, Bill, Bill can get soft fast and okay. he'll, he'll want right. to wear his, his hoodie okay. in perfect Southern California weather. But I, I'm with <laughs> you that, I mean, even people say this like on, on a non-ironic note that like, yeah, he's an East Coast guy and all, all that sort of totally. stuff. Totally. Like people keep talking about him being a favorite for the Washington job because apparently he loves Annapolis. Like he's just a big <laughs> Annapolis guy. Okay, there, there you go. That makes sense. All right, that makes a lot of sense. Uh, we didn't talk a lot, a lot about the games that happened there in Week 18. So much, um, yeah, so much of it was just backups playing backups, which is all good. But I will say this, though. The Eagles, there's not another team that is down bad worse than the Eagles right now. Holy uh. Jesus, man. Started 10-1 and one and limping into the playoffs like the way that they are right now. It's just incredible uh, how bad they have been down the stretch. But I think the one thing that really stuck out to me, Matt, and this is what we do on this podcast, but we evaluate these wide receivers, man. Okay, we knew De- Devontae Smith wasn't going to be in this ball game. A.J. Brown got hurt pretty early in that game. Very early. Now, I know that Jalen Hurts also messed up his finger, but... The passing game when he was in there, you know, when A.J. Brown was out and before the finger injury happened, the offense was completely non-existent, did not exist. The passing game, which had been, again, just lights out for the past, you know, year and a half, didn't exist. Uh, the, the whole Jalen Hurts, you know, MVP conversation, obviously that died a while ago. But I'm just saying... I think you expected a little bit more from from Jalen Hurts, but man, it really to me sh- like put a spotlight on how much this offense relies on those two wide receivers. Yeah, this is um this is a tricky conversation um because There's a lot wrong. Like I think that's why it's a tricky conversation because it's hard to know like where to start with the Eagles. Uh, I think that your point about these receivers is really well taken for two reasons. One is they have zero depth. Um, like you just every couple of weeks are like, oh, Julio Jones is on this team because um, <laughs> he right. catches a pass. Hey, a listen, weeks. they still got Quez Watkins. Right? Like he's I know, a but like over. Quez. My God, like Quez Watkins, like you can, you know, come on, right. like Olamide nah, Zacchaeus yeah, yeah, has yeah. moments every now and again. You know yeah, what I'm yeah. saying? But like, right, right, they don't right. really have a ton of depth. They don't have like somebody that can just go out and play X receiver when one of these two guys is, you know, not, certainly not Julio Jones at this point in his career, and definitely no. not either of those two speedster, little speedster guys that we talked about. So, um, I, it's a tough, it's a tough situation there because they don't have any depth. But also, like this offense this year. It's just 
not really well designed and I think it's like there are a lot of things that are happening now that are kind of like cascading effects where okay. there are not a lot of uh, easy button plays necessarily. Um, you know, like these crossing routes with AJ Brown, right? Like mm-hmm. that's AJ Brown's thing is like, and, and he did a pretty good job of this last year with uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. It's just like big routes in the middle of the field. And like we yep. hit AJ Brown on a slant. Like that was the way that they were able to, activate Jalen Hurts as a middle-of-the-field passer more. It's like, well, you have one of the best over-the-middle receivers in A.J. Brown now in that spot. It incentivizes you to do that. But now a lot of the times it's just been like these iso ball routes on the outside, go routes right. and stuff like that, these low-percentage throws. And because which they're not the way, a, Which, by the way, he's winning those too. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> by the way, he's winning those too, you know? Yeah, he's a baller. Like, A.J. Brown can do it all. But I think some of those, like layup throws for your quarterback are are kind of um pretty Correct. critical here they don't have those they just don't really have like like if we really want to have like an honest conversation about jalen hurts and you know like Derek class i think did a pretty good job of breaking this down in like the in the um jalen hurts profile over the offseason like if we really want to have like an honest conversation about jalen hurts he's he's a really good quarterback and you know all of that but like this team doesn't use him as a traditional drop back passer like no. It's not a, it's it's not a very complex NFL offense where, um, you know, we're 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 doing a lot of different things. It's a pretty stripped down and basic attack. And when you don't have the advantage of the quarterback run game, and you've got a quarterback who's now bailing on clean pockets, I think it's that's the cascading effect there. Where you've got a quarterback that's like bailing on these clean pockets. And then the offensive line like knows he's bailing, so it, it makes it more difficult to block. And then the pass protection hasn't been great to end the season. So I think there's a lot of things like kind of working um, against itself here where maybe the quarterback doesn't have complete faith in the offense that's being put out there. That's making him play a little bit worse. Mm-hmm. There's not a ton of like there's not a ton of like advanced stuff going on here. I think that's a problem. The biggest thing to me too is just like I don't think that this Eagles team this year has had a real good sense from a play calling perspective about like the flow of the game. I, I think that Shane Steichen is great. Um, you know, he was obviously coordinator for the Eagles last year. Was great about like, all right, this is something that's working. We're just going to keep hammering it. Okay, like we're running the ball really well. We're just going to keep running the ball. This t- Eagles team this year doesn't do that. They abandon that run game way too quickly. Um, they get themselves in true dropback scenarios where, again, they're just not like a great true dropback team. That's not Jalen Hurts. That doesn't mean Jalen Hurts like secretly sucks or anything like that. Mm-hmm. It just that's not the strength of, of him as a quarterback. Um, so that that's led to a lot of different problems here. I do think they've been like, like if something's working, just stick with it. I don't think this Eagles offense coordinating uh, group with Brian Johnson here has done that well this year. Yeah, it's um. You, we talk about the brain drain for a lot of these teams, and I think Philadelphia has probably been hit the hardest. Um, I think that's probably fair to say, especially with the departure of Shane Steichen. <clears throat> Defensively, though, Matt, I think, um, and again, I, I know we don't totally talk about defense um, all that much uh, on this podcast, but I cannot recall a team that has fallen from grace as hard as the Philadelphia Eagles when we're talking about secondary play. Yeah, This is a team that last year was literally the most feared secondary in the NFL. You did not want to see Darius Slayer, James Bradbury, period. Just didn't want to see him. I mean, these guys were out there shutting dudes down week in and week out. Now, now it's one of the worst secondaries in the NFL. How do you go from the top of the top of the top to where you are today? I mean, you're really going from penthouse to the basement, man. Like, it's crazy. Um, I don't necessarily remember ever seeing this much of a degradation of skill and talent this quickly uh, in the defensive secondary. It's, it's, it's truly incredible. This is just when we talk about this, like in football circles, like defense is more volatile than offense. This is what we're talking about here. Like a cornerback play is especially a great example of this. And look, like the reality was they bet on a couple of older corners, like continuing to play at a really high level. Darius Slay is 33. James Bradbury is 30. Like that was always a bit of a risky bet to make anyways. 
And we've gotten like the worst possible outcome here where, you know, Darius Slay's been banged up to end the year. James Bradbury's just had a bad year. And like, yo, here's the deal with James Bradbury, man. Like, this is an inconsistent player. Like he's he's had great years and he's had some other not so great years. And mm. like that volatility is really showing itself up here as we're ending uh, probably, you know, as we're ending the season here for the Philadelphia Eagles pretty soon. I don't think this is a team that's going to be making a playoff run anytime soon. No, so. And yeah, so. then obviously, you know, you, you lose Jonathan Gannon, who yep. Eagles fans like hated and were ready to run him out the door. Well, How's the, you know, Sean Desai, <laughs> Matt Patricia thing going for you? Right. I mean, you're, you know out, you're right? out of ideas when it's like, ah, oh, hell, we got to give Matt Patricia more control and things Damn it, way worse. Oh, oh um, my God. And, you know, then their pass rush hasn't been as good this year. That, like, front line they consistently invest in, um, that hasn't been as good this year. So it's just, again, cascading effect there, right? Yeah, it is. Where all year long the secondary has been disappointing and been an area where you can attack. Then you have injuries take place. It gets worse. That makes the play up front worse. And now it's just like everything. Like, I mean, if I'm Nick Sirianni right now, I'm, I'm definitely like the it's fine dog meme, right? Where everything seems to be on fire. And I'm not sure like where what way to look other than just how he did in the press conference. You'd be like, you know, you just got to flush it and all that stuff. But man, it's everything is, is everything is, is somewhere between bad to disastrous right now yep, like nothing sure. is really working re- well for the eagles other than the damn tush push which i think is kind of uh, i don't know just the whole thing is 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 not good right now in philadelphia and i think their season's gonna end pretty soon i think they're gonna yeah. have some tough like questions to answer about how do we like what's the next step in this eagles evolution here i think that's going <clears> to <throat> be a big question in the offseason Hey everyone, this is Brett Boone. Would you know it? I've got a podcast going strong in our fourth year. Tune in as I sit down with my friends, some of the biggest names in sports, media, entertainment, for a lot of fun and in-depth conversations. As you know, baseball's been my life. It's been in the family for a long time, but it's a lot more than that here. It's sort of like taking a ride in a golf cart around a beautiful track. Join me every week for multiple episodes on the Brett Boone Podcast, available on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Will Jason Kelsey retire? That's going to be a huge right. part of, of that offensive line solution, too. Um, Brett Coleman I, I did a, a really good job on YouTube, by the way. Uh, go check him out. Uh, he's great. Uh, yeah, but Brett, Brett Coleman great. did a, a, a big breakdown on the Philadelphia Eagles offense. <clears throat> he said that um, two things. He said it's the worst offense in the uh, one of the worst offenses in the NFL and that the Eagles run a high school style offense, which is yikes. Yeah. Okay. Um, uh, so, yeah, big statements, obviously, from Brett Coleman, but he does a great job uh, breaking it down. So go check him out. Um, <clears throat> all right, let's uh, let's shift gears here. Let's talk a little bit about the, the draft order because it is set now uh, with the, the final regular season uh, games in the book here. Um, we're, we're assuming top three teams probably taking quarterback Chicago, Washington, New, uh, New England. At number four now opens the door for what a lot of folks think might be Marvin Harrison Jr., um, I think Arizona being, I think, potentially iced out of quarterback. Listen, if one of those top three quarterbacks falls to four, I don't give a crap what they're saying about Kyler Murray. They're taking a quarterback, okay? Mm. Um, I think they're saying this about Kyler because they think they're not going to get one of those top three guys, right? So if you're if – you're, the team and you're the organization, of course, you got to start building up Kyler now. Uh, but you add Marvin Harrison Jr. into that mix, Matt, um, with Hollywood Brown, you know, um, and Kyler Murray. Uh, again, I, I, I kind of want to pick your brain here. How badly do the Arizona Cardinals need a secondary uh, option at wide receiver? Well, a couple things. I, I mean, they've been saying this about Kyler Murray to their credit, like, all throughout the process like i mean charles robinson at yahoo's been talking about how like when he was at training camp last last summer i mean they were effusive like jonathan gannon more so the coaching staff in the front office if you note but uh the 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 coaching staff has been all like it kyler murray's our guy he's been he's our quarterback and i think yeah if they ended up picking first overall maybe second overall then, then maybe they're saying that like with the reality that <laughs> hey we can we can go ahead yeah. and move on anyways if we want to. But 
Sure. You're right. Like I even honestly, even I think even if Jaden Daniels did fall to pick four, they're probably not going to take uh, a quarterback there because like it's again, it's one thing if you can get a Caleb Williams or Drake May, but I I know that I just said like New England probably will just take a Jaden Daniels or whatever yeah. the QB three is there because they they need to because I mean yep. they're looking at like Mac Jones, Bailey Zappi. I think Kyler Murray is still an above average quarterback that can get you kind of where you need to go as long as the situation around him is pretty good. Um, this situation around him in Arizona is not good here to end the season. Like Hollywood Brown's a free agent, man. There's no lock that he's back on this roster. And I honestly kind of think if you're Arizona, I, I think you can probably find like somebody else rather than paying Hollywood Brown, who I think is a good player. Um, but you know, maybe spends your resources elsewhere because yeah, you could take Marvin Harrison Jr. fourth overall, and you're feeling really good about him being a number one. I think Michael Wilson has shown pretty well as a rookie. I'm I'm high on Michael Wilson. Like I think that's a guy that could be your wide receiver too. You know, you've got like the Rondale Moore, Greg Dorch types here, and then Trey McBride yeah. looks like a legit difference maker at tight end. Like yeah. this this is a team that I think needs one kind of just like big punch at receiver. I think by all accounts, Harrison is that kind of guy. Um, but there's going to be a lot of receiver picks here in the top 10. Like, I mean, uh, all of these teams, Chicago needs a receiver. Washington does not need a receiver, but like New England needs a receiver. Arizona needs a receiver. The Chargers need a receiver. The Giants need a receiver. The Titans need a receiver. The Falcons definitely need a receiver. They need to figure some other things out. I think they need to take another offensive skill position player in the yeah. top 10, but they need a receiver. The Bears are up again at nine. The Jets at 10, like, a lot of these teams need wideouts, but it does seem to me that uh, if I had to bet right now, I would bet that the top four picks goes Caleb Williams, Drake May, Jaden Daniels, and Marvin Harrison Jr. fourth to the Arizona Cardinals. I think that's like exactly what this offense needs. Um, by the way, it, it always it always warms my the cockles of my heart when I hear that the Jets need another wide receiver, which is ex Jesus Christ. I've been saying like when they moved on from Elijah Moore, how fired up was I about yeah. this Jets team? Don't do that, Jets. Don't do it. And, and, and of course, all the Jets fans are so mad at me. Like, oh, well, he gave up on this team. Like, guys, that's not how this works. That's, I mean, you bring them back in, you get them back on board, you know, you, you make it happen. You make it work. That winning cures all, you know? And again, these people were taking the side of, uh, uh, of the quarterback versus Elijah Moore. And again, we've seen Elijah Moore play pretty good football here in Cleveland, man. Like, come on. I don't know. It just, like I said, um, it, it warms my heart a little bit when people are now in agreement that the Jets, all of a sudden, yeah, you need a secondary answer to Garrett Wilson. Wow, shocker. Shocker. You don't say. Well, at least they you gave $44 million dollars to Alan Lazard. Oh. Oh. Why? Why? Can't even get on the field, Alan Lazard, at the end of the season. Why? So. Why are we doing this? I don't know. Well, we know, know why. We know, we know why they did that. That's true. Did yeah, you yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> yeah, we know, we know yeah, why they true. did that. Right. Um, yeah. Did you see today the 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 press conference with uh aaron Rodgers. i mean i didn't watch that i don't hate my life that much but like just the tweets in succession of aaron Rodgers saying uh anything in this building that we're doing that needs <laughs> that has nothing to do with winning needs to be assessed everything yeah. that we do has to have a purpose Damn. the bullshit that has Damn nothing it. to do Come with on, winning man. has to get out of the building Come on, and man. then like in the next sentence or two in the press conference or early in the press conference he had said aaron you know he's not going to address his uh comments about jimmy kimmel on uh, on in the press conference, but stay tuned to the Pat McAfee show. Literally said, "Tune into the Pat McAfee show tomorrow." He will dress with that. Oh my god! <laughs> the, the the lack of self awareness is is growing to be, I mean, just unbelievable. You know, we got to get rid of the BS. Oh, I don't. Maybe like you talking about like you showing up on Pat McAfee talking about this dude being on the Epstein list, like. You, do you mean stuff like that, Aaron? <laughs> do you mean stuff like uh, bringing in your Nepo wide receivers? Are, you, are we talking about that too? Because that's obviously uh, that's not part of winning football. Like, but but no, we got to bring in all the Nep Aaron Rodgers Nepo guys. We got to bring in Nathaniel Hackett. We got to bring in Lazard. We got to bring in Cobby at a million years old. Like, Really, man, the the lack of self awareness is just—it's overwhelming, you know. And guys, I'm I'm a huge I I I am still a Rodgers fan of what he does on the football field because he's so special, man. But golly, yeah. it becomes so hard 
It's so hard to root for this guy. It's so hard. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Anyways. Um, all right. So you take a look at uh, the top 18, Matt. Um, yeah, by the way, low key, what do you think happens with Cincinnati there too? Um, T. Higgins may potentially go. Uh, I've really liked this, you know, Yoshi Voss guy. Um, but, uh, but you know, I, I think certainly. Of course. Isn't, I isn't he huge and runs like a crazy 40? You, you know it. <laughs> you know it. You got it. You got me pegged. <laughs> I love I'm, Yoshi me, Boss. I'm, I'm over here saying. like, yeah, Tyler Boyd, free agent at the end of this year. He's dropping passes left and right. Charlie Jones, little scrappy white slot receiver. <laughs> I've got my eye on him. And you're, you're like, give me Talk the about, freak. Give me, give the, me, give the, me freak. the freak athlete. Yoshi yeah, that, Boss. We, we've never been more parodies uh, of ourselves than like, yes, oh, I yeah, know. you know what? I like Charlie Jones' route running <laughs> when he was at Purdue. And, you know, I think he's going to file in oh early as a God. kick returner, but maybe be a sleeper slot receiver. Uh, give Maybe a little PPR scam down the line, and meanwhile James like screw that. Let's get T Higgins out of here and bring up the bring up Yoshi. Yoshi. Yep, hundred percent. I love it. Uh, Cincinnati could make some things happen there. Uh, I I do wonder what they'll what they'll end up doing with T Higgins, man. Like you know, yeah. will they work out some kind of long term contract? Uh, are they going to bring him back? Are they going to franchise tag him? I don't know. That never seems like it's going to work out, you know, franchise tagging a wide receiver. I, you could do it for running back because of the longevity of the position and all those type of things, but doing it for a wide receiver never seems to make that great uh, of financial um, sense, I think. I don't know. Anyways, but you take a look at this top 18. Um, give, give, me some, give me some teams that you think, yeah, like, yeah man, we got to get some wide receivers in the building here. Well, yeah, almost all those teams that I mentioned in the top 10 um, – <sighs> I think Jacksonville is really interesting what they do now that they've been bounced out of the playoffs. Um, yeah. Deservedly so, by the way. Oh, my like, God. What a collapse. What a collapse. I mean, they just fumbled their making the leap season. They fumbled the bag on that so hard. So bad. Like, they didn't deserve to go to the postseason. Um, I think, like... How about Denver? Oh, yeah. Denver needs some some major help at the position uh, for sure. You know... You think they move on from uh, either Jerry Judy or Cortland Sutton or both? I don't think they move on from Sutton because I think he ended up showing himself to be a really good player. And without him, they'd be just bare bones. Uh, yeah. Reporters asked Jerry Judy today if he like how he was going to handle um, you know another off season of speculation because he's you know, on the fifth year option. Like if he's going to get traded again, and he basically he said I don't, he literally said I don't give a fuck about any of that. Oh, so good. <laughs> Thank you, Jerry Judy. <laughs> so that's where Jerry Judy's at. Uh, I, I think this, there's. By a the chance. way, this 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 dovetails perfectly with like the whole Terry McLaurin conversation we had last week. You know, it's like lesser receivers are acting this way, dude. You know, like it's okay, Terry. You could you could let your feelings be known a little bit. Get the ball just a little bit, not guy. too much. Just a little yeah, bit. Don't go full Jerry Judy on us. Don't go full Jerry Judy. Okay, don't go full George Pickens. Don't go. I mean, heaven forbid, don't go Chase Claypool. Okay, I'm just saying. Never, never go full Chase Claypool. <laughs> don't go full Chase Claypool. All right, but I mean, dude, can we we can get a little bit, a little bit of diva in you there, Terry? But anyways, no. But keep going. Sorry. No, no, yeah. So I think they're definitely a candidate to to move on from from Judy. Um, I don't think they'd get much in return at this point. You know, with, with yeah, the nah, option nothing, and everything. But I nothing, think they'd nothing. get. You know, like a day three draft pick. And I, I mean, I actually wouldn't, I'm not the biggest Jerry Judy fan in the world, but I'd at least be interested to see like what team kicks the tires and if he could end up being like a, like a number two receiver. I think that's probably the ceiling for him, but I think he could maybe be even maybe like a nice three. I think that's, he just doesn't stay on schedule. I don't know. He's just a mess of a player. So I'm not, I'm not sure, but that would be like a full reclamation project. The Jacksonville one is interesting to me though, just because again, you know, <laughs> we gotta have reached a breaking point with the Zay Jones stuff. Um, I right? think there, I think that's it's time for that to be over. You know, the Calvin Ridley contract extension is complicated because I don't think they can afford to send a second round pick um, to the Falcons now at this point. But like, man, if they lose Calvin Ridley, like they're they got nothing, nothing at outside receiver. Uh, so they're kind of incentivized to really make that work. But I again, I don't know, and I think. Calvin Ridley, like another year back with the game, um, like he talked today in his kind of postseason presser that he doesn't want to leave. Like I built, he's like I built relationships and chemistries with these guys. Like I'm not trying to go out there and like start all over again and and you know whatever. Like and and this the guy who's just now had his second thousand yard season and is in line for his first contract extension. So I think 
there's, they got to try to figure something out there, whether it's a, I don't know if they can, I don't know how the franchise tag works with the, with the, the trade thing, but that's got to be an option. Otherwise, yeah, with no Calvin Ridley, like they're definitely a candidate to add a receiver. And I kind of think even with Ridley, like they need to add a big body, like downfield player. People were like upset about Calvin Ridley in contested situations. Like, well, that's not really his game. You know what I'm mm. saying? So mm. they need somebody. I mean, my God, Evan Ingram too. Like they gave him a lot of money and he's a mess at tight end. So there's a lot of um, potential, I think, for Jacksonville to look at pass catcher somewhere in that middle of the first round range. There's just no way they bring back Zay Jones, right? Like he's going to be 29 years old. They get out of his contract very easily um, in this offseason. I just there's just no there's just no way. Uh, and as we've highlighted on this particular show, it's crazy how the the lack of depth they have at wide receiver. Now, I know Parker Washington kind of sort of popped up a little bit, and I think that kid can play. I think Parker Washington can play, but, man, it's so redundant with what uh, Christian Kirk does as well, right? So um, I don't think Christian Kirk's going anywhere, but that receiver room, if they add another interesting piece, could be really interesting, man. Um, A big – I mean, listen, I I don't think it's going to take much to be that much of an upgrade over Zay Jones. Let's be real here, you know. So – uh, if they get uh, if they get a flanker or or even just a, a an X receiver or something like that to be an upgrade, um, Calvin Ridley slides in. You got Christian Kirk, Evan Ingram, even though he, <laughs> even even though he's a little bit of a mess. Okay, like he he, he can be productive as well, uh, working with Trevor Lawrence. So um, so yeah, Jacksonville. I think. Oh man, can can Dougie can Dougie Peterson get something going here, man? Um, yeah, that it's going to be interesting to see. We've set the bar pretty low, I think, in Jacksonville, have we not? We've set it pretty low. I don't know, man. That, that's the team that I would be if I was in that building. I'd feel like the the most kind of like Ugh, about you know because they've invested a lot in pass catcher. I'm like they need another pass catcher. Um, their defense is an area they've invested in, like especially at the linebacker position. And those guys are kind of a mess too. Yeah. To end the season. It's just, I'd feel very, I mean, I guess Trent Balky has a job forever, but I'd feel pretty like nervous about the direction of that team. Um, you know, and not to mention too, like, I mean, they, the whole structure and design of the offense has been a problem all year long with press Taylor. I think, you know, Doug Peterson was a year too early in right in yeah, yeah maybe yeah. a couple Giving years too range, early yeah. and being like hey let's <laughs> let's pass the play calling duties right. off to press taylor like maybe yeah, yeah. actually win something beyond just like a crazy comeback against the, the damn chargers in a playoff game like why don't you win something for real and then maybe do the whole like i'll do the the, the, the school yeah. the 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 coaching tree thing here with press taylor maybe maybe wait to do that uh but that's a conversation that i think they need to have and obviously like that was a big reason that doug peterson and uh, the Eagles ended up splitting. So I don't know. Definitely, I think going to be a, an interesting offseason in Jacksonville. Yeah. Uh, Malik Neighbors is another name that uh, folks need to keep in mind there out of LSU. Um, he's going to be going really, really early. I, I imagine he's going to be a top uh, top 10 pick, 100% for sure. So we'll see where he ends up going. Uh, and we will certainly keep a very close eye on all the draft developments um, as we proceed. But uh, but yeah, man, uh, we're, we're entering the home stretch here now. We're in the playoffs. Uh, we're still going to be doing two shows a week. Um, next, uh, uh, the next episode, we're probably going to be breaking down some of these playoff games and potentially talking about some real life top ten receivers. Who's a superstar wide receiver? We're going to have that conversation very, very shortly here. Uh, but for now, we got to go. Uh, for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see you. Peace. <laughs>